Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by the fantastic and fabulous Anna, a reviewer at the Lesbian Review. Anna is joining me today to talk about three movies that she highly recommends. Alright Anna, without further ado, let's get going. Cool. Well, good morning everybody, or afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. Um, it's morning for me, so I'm just going to stick with that right now. So, um, Sheena asked me to talk about my three favorite movies, and... Well, I did give her a list the other day. I might be changing one of them because I realized that if I list the ones that I think are very important, they are all actually directed by women as well. So you get a really cool bonus with these movies. Oh, nice. And everything. I like like that that plan. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. And so um, Sheen and I have talked about this in the past where it's like, especially nowadays or actually anytime, it's always very important to have good positive representation of lesbians in movies and stuff and we just haven't had that as much as I'm sure everybody would love to have and people have made their voices very clear about wanting that more I mean there's even a whole con thing happening in the next couple of months um, related to all that that's very supportive of all that so I'm going to give you a few of my favorite movies that are out there that can definitely show you positive imagery where nobody dies, and while the endings may be always ambiguous, or sometimes ambiguous, and they're saying you can always kind of be like, well, that's what fanfic is for, and just create your own continuation of endings. The first one I'm going to talk about is a movie called Loving Annabelle, which was directed by Katherine Brooks, and it was released back in 2006, I believe. Uh, Yes, I got there. Yeah, it was 2006. This is a story basically about a young, crocious woman who's in her senior year of school, but she's very much a wild child. She's a senator's daughter, so she likes to act out a lot, and she's been kicked out of a lot of private schools, and her last stop before military school is basically an all-girls Catholic boarding school. And here she meets Simone, who is her... English teacher, like a lit teacher type thing, because they have scenes of her reading poetry and going over stuff like that. And she just totally falls for her. But she's also like the boarding school overseer. Yeah, she's like the house mom, basically. And um, she's what a lot of people in the school don't realize is that Simone did have a girlfriend at one point and then something happened while they after they left school and then she decided to come back and um you know because that's where she was her happiest was at this school when she was growing up with her girlfriend and everything like that um a lot of people kind of gave this uh film a little bit of grief because it is a student teacher relationship But I liked the way Catherine handled it because it could have been, you know, very taboo. You know, they're sneaking around, they're sleeping together. But honestly, she does a really good job of making it more about the flirtation, the getting to know each other, really building a strong foundation for what could be a decent relationship if it wasn't just for the fact that, you know, Annabelle wasn't in school and Simone wasn't her teacher. And she does a really good job of showing that there are consequences to this action. I'm going to spoil it because it's been out for 12 years now. If you haven't seen it yet, you're not going to be really too upset if I spoil this, I promise. 
But it does show Simone getting, you know, reprimanded for her actions with Annabelle and, like, action is taken. I really feel like Catherine did a good job of showing the development of the relationship and not just having it be something that's like, oh, it's about a girl wanting to have sex with her teacher. That's not it at all. The relationship is also very heavily pursued from the student's point of view. Exactly. And usually you see it from the teacher in more in more other in other movies and everything. And I love that that it kind of turns the tables because it does make it feel a little less like Simone is preying on Annabelle, even though the her like her bosses and her supervisors are not gonna see it that way because they don't they didn't see the whole development. They're not gonna really totally see that. But I do love how she kinda has the student be the pursuer and it makes it feel more natural in its development that way. So that was awesome. And this was actually one of the first real lesbian movies I ever saw. Okay. So it's got a really soft spot in your heart. Yeah, I have a real soft spot in my heart for this because I remember thinking, wait, there's movies about this? And it was like my early 20s. And it's like up until that point, it's like anything I had seen with, you know, lesbian or gay representation or anything like that, it was more of a negative connotation. Like either they weren't allowed to be together because somebody's like, I'm going to do the right thing and stay with my husband or something like that. Or they ended up dying. They had the kill your gay tropes. And I was just like, this was one of the first ones where it was actually very positive. I mean, I hated the outcome, but again, it's like, I remember listening to the commentary and Catherine said, it's like, there are consequences for having, for doing, for acting on your actions, especially in this case, when you have a student and a teacher getting involved together like this. And so I understood it why she did what she did at the end, but I felt like she handled everything very much positively and openly about wanting to have these two women be together and not have it feel as, you know, taboo as it has in the past with everything. And if you enjoyed this movie, you might enjoy The Housemistress, which is a book also about a student-teacher relationship by Kira Michelle Telford. Mm -hmm. Also done really well, and I enjoyed that as well. Okay, cool. Good choice. Thank you. All right, what's your next one? My next one is actually a comedy, believe it or not. Nice. Yeah, it's a um, comedy called Girl Play. And basically it's about two women, Lacey and Robin, who meet, do this play together. And in the context of doing this play, they end up falling in love. And um, it's one of those formats where we go between seeing scenes of Lacey and Robin's life and seeing them basically narrate these parts of their lives on the stage. So basically kind of mixing the theater and the film stuff together. Um, what I really like about this is their wit that they have, because they actually wrote and directed this, or they wrote this together um, after they had you know been together for about six years or so. And they, um, I believe they performed it as well on stage, and then they got a director to come in, uh, Lee Friedlander. If I'm mispronouncing her last name, I apologize profusely for that. Um, And they were like, we want to put this on film. And they actually got the movie, they got the money together, they got... They got Dom DeLuise, of all people, to come in and play the director, which was awesome, because <laughs> he's just this flamboyant director type and everything, and he was just, outside of Lacey and Robin, he was like one of my favorite parts to watch. Oh, nice. It's just 
fun to hear them tell the story about how they were, you know, kind of in relationships before they did this play together. Uh, Robin especially was in a relationship with somebody for like six years and they were talking about, you know, getting married and everything like that. And then she does this play and it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the right move for me, but you know, she, she, explains her struggle with like I'm with this person I've been with her for six years am I just going to throw it all away for this attraction to this other person so yeah it was it was always very um it's it has those poignant moments where you're just like wow these are real women and they're dealing with you know having these feelings for each other but there's nothing there's not a lot you can do about it because one's in a relationship and one's technically not but it's like she doesn't want to destroy that relationship just to you know have a fling or whatever and but it's interlaced with humorous moments as well to kind of I wouldn't necessarily soften the blow but it's like a lot of people react better to comedy than they do drama in these types of situations and they they tell all these little points about these their these stories in their life like Lacey talks about her last serious girlfriend and how she was trying to make it work and it ended up, you know, not working out and ending kind of badly. And Robin tells the story about how she came out to her mom, which is one of my best points. Cause apparently it happened right outside a Chinese restaurant when she did it. And she explains how she like said the words, mom, I'm gay. And how she really wanted to say I'm a lesbian, but she felt like that was too many syllables to attack the woman with. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. That, that was a great illustration. If anybody, please pick this up and please check that out because that is the best scene, I swear to God, in the entire movie. Um, so yeah. But I just love how they have this great witty humor and they you can definitely see how much they really are devoted to each other and how much they love each other as well. And it's just their personalities mesh well together in a lot of ways. And I actually got to meet them. Oh, yeah? Um, a few years ago. Yes, I did. I got to meet them. I It was actually right after watching this movie, and I sent them an email saying, you know, hey, I live in L.A. I'm a sound designer. If you got anything you want me to do, I'd be glad to work with you guys. And they're like, well, actually, we do. And so, because Robin ended up writing a musical, and they needed a sound designer to come and help with that. And with my theater background, I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. Let's do it. And everything, so... That's amazing. So you, you did sound design for one of their productions. Yes, I did. And um, I know they're still trying to get that to off-Broadway or, or close to Broadway or in on Broadway. And if Robin and Lacey are listening to this, I apologize um, <laughs> for not getting all the way to Broadway and everything like that. But we're crossing our fingers. Fantastic. And everything. And right, yeah, right now they actually do a, they have a YouTube channel. Uh, where they talk about like just being in a relationship because they've been there, been together for over 20 years now and everything, which nice. is awesome. Good for them. I know, right? That's amazing. I know. Because you know, that is amazing. there's a stereotype that lesbians don't stay together. There's a stereotype that we just, yes. there's too much drama and we break up and stuff. And it's actually, I've, I've found that to not actually be true. I've, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And these are just some. They're just two great women to just hang out with and play poker with, even though they take all my money. But, you know. <laughs> Robin especially, so not much I can do about that. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> all right. So are there, are there any book equivalents to this film? 
Book equivalents, let me think. I would put this as a, like, friends to lovers type book. Okay. Because they did know each other before they did the play together because they had both been doing, like, the comedy show circuit and stuff. So that's how they kind of knew each other beforehand. So they were friends before they became romantically involved. So... Um, I'm trying to go through my brain right now of romantic <laughs> friends to lovers books right now. Because um, it's not just friends to lovers, it's friends to lovers with a kind of a theatrical twist. All right. So, right. listeners, if you know of any lesbian books that fall into this category, send us an email. Pop us an email to podcast at the lesbian talk show.com. Cool. What's your third one? I gotta go something that some people probably would not know about. And honestly, I didn't discover till like a couple of years ago. And it's this little movie called Hannah Free. It's, it has Sharon Glass. For those of you who don't know, Katni and Lacey. But this is also another one that was based on a play that was written. Um, and it's directed by Wendy Jo Carlton. And it's basically about these lifelong friends who started out as really good friends when they were kids and then they ended up you know becoming lovers down the road so Sharon Glass plays Hannah Free or the older Hannah Free and we we meet her when she's in a nursing home and she's worried about her partner who's basically Rachel is her partner's name who's basically had a stroke I believe and is in a coma in the next in like somewhere in the nursing home and she doesn't want to live without her she doesn't want to be outside because you find out that Hannah has had a very transient lifestyle um, throughout her life. She's very unsettled. And so she comes in and out of Rachel's life. She goes to places like Alaska, Brazil, and ends up joining the um, army at one point to help out with the war effort. So this is stuff that is definitely a very, you get present day Hannah sitting in the nursing home and she's relating all these stories and you have a very talented um actress playing young rachel who whose name is eluding me right now and i apologize for that very very much because i i found this i thought that she was very talented i actually went and looked her up and tried to contact her at one point to be like hey let's work together <laughs> you know and then i realized she, she was chicago based and i was like okay maybe not um but She's basically talking to Rachel as a spirit, as her younger spirit, and reliving all these moments of when they were together. And it, it was a very touching, I found, story about, you know, two women who just loved each other over time and through their entire lives, basically. And Hannah keeps coming and back. She can't stay away. Yes. She keeps coming back. And she keeps coming back because of Rachel. Mm. That's totally why she keeps coming back. And it's like, and I, I love the point when they do show um, Hannah and Rachel much older and Hannah's trying to find another job somewhere else. And Rachel just basically gives her an ultimatum. It's like, why can't you stay? And she's like, well, I feel like I'm looking for something. And she's like, there is something here. It's me. And so... That gets her, that finally gets her to stay, and it's like okay. But it's after yeah. a lifetime of waiting for her. I know, and I I wanted to smack Hannah so many times because it's like really you're gonna leave this. Sh-? I was like, yeah, it may be small town Illinois, you know, that you're leaving and everything, but seriously, you're gonna leave her every time. 
I don't care if you're like, I'm going to come back. It's like, no, you don't do that <laughs> to somebody you love. I'm sorry. I don't care. This is but this is very much a, a, a film that is done as if it's a play. So you, uh, the, the flashbacks are, are film scenes, but a lot of it is, takes place as just a story being told by Sharon Gless sitting in the in a in a bed in a nursing home. It's an interesting it's an interesting filmmaking technique. Sharon Gless herself is bloody brilliant. I, I really do like her. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually like the girl also who played young Hannah um and everything. I uh I actually found out that she works at a theater in Chicago and I believe that's probably where they found her because she does have that theater. Uh Kelly Strickland um was played the younger Hannah and Anne, Hang- Anne Hagman played uh, the Rachel character and everything. So I was like, sweet. I went and looked it up on IMDb. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I have IMDb. I can do this. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, and what I really loved is that it's always interesting when you get two actresses together and, you know, I believe one of them was gay. One of them was not, I'm not sure on that. And, if I'm insulting anybody, I apologize for that. But it, when it, when you have those dynamics, it, it's always important for me to say that they have the chemistry. See, I think you mean together. complimenting, not uh, because you know yes, it's only it's I, a compliment to be a lesbian. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. I I don't think it is either, <laughs> you know. But I don't know how people like to be referenced to, and it's like I don't want to make assumptions sometimes. Uh, I think we should just stuff. assume everybody's gay. Everybody assumes okay, we're straight. How about that? So, like, this just yes. Let's, let's the assume roles. everybody's gay. Let's just let's just assume everybody's gay. But yeah, I I really love the chemistry between Kelly and Anne playing the roles of Hannah and Rachel, because um, I know when you come into a situation like that, you're going to see somebody naked. You're going to see somebody in a very vulnerable position. It's not always easy to get that chemistry to happen right off the bat. And I thought. Every time I saw them together, it's like whether they shows them making out, whether it shows them just sitting there talking and, you know, professing their, you know, desire to be together. And uh, Rachel especially being like, you know, I want you to stay and, you know, this is what's going to happen if you stay. I really believe that they were in a relationship or had this connection since they were uh, children and everything like that. So that was always, that was just amazing for me that to me no matter how big a budget or how low a budget is because I know this was like definitely a shoestring budget for them if you don't have the chemistry with that um with that partner on on film it's going to be a hard sell personally absolutely yeah and that's what I loved about all three of these movies is like they they casted everything perfectly um Lacey and Robin of course they've been together for six years so I'm not surprised when this film was made so I'm not totally surprised that they had their chemistry together and everything like that but um it was also um seeing the chemistry between the actresses and loving Annabelle between Aaron and Diane respectively is their names and from what I understand it actually took them a long time to find the Simone I think they found her like two or three days before they were actually supposed to start filming um, because the they knew the chemistry was going to be that important for it. So. I think any kind of romantic thing you have to find those people that just work on screen because and the the funny thing is I've I've watched films being made where when you're looking at somebody in real life it looks like there's chemistry but the minute you put a camera there 
it's like right, there's yeah. nothing so you have to have that yeah. dynamic on screen spark mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing yeah and not actually that easy yeah. to find no it's not and i i think that's also why a lot of people do um like in this industry we do there are read-throughs like where they bring in two people together it's like we already know we're casting this person for this we need to find somebody that matches her and they'll do like they'll do like a bunch of read-throughs they'll do camera tests also to make sure that they look good together and that they you know mesh well together so totally i mean it is it is a hard thing to actually you know like create that chemistry i can get it and because if your audience doesn't buy it then it's just going to be hard for them to a watch it and b to sell it to other people yep and stuff like that so but i i really love watching all these movies again and again and again because I just totally believe that their stories are real, which is what you want from a good film. So, Absolutely. Fantastic. Anna, thank you. Um, is there a book equivalent to Hannah Free? Well, anything that talks about, you know, friends turning to lovers. Um, but seeing I a theme say, here. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I have always been a big fan of that, personally, because I feel when you start with friendship, you really build that solid foundation of trust and this is the person I can count on. And it's one of those situations where it's like, if it turns romantic, you know, it's a great thing because you already know this person inside and out and some of your feelings have just developed more for them. And if for some reason it doesn't, you know, either they're not attracted to you that way or you're not attracted to them that way, you still have this great foundation where you still have a great relationship Mm. throughout your life. As long as you Mm. two are connected in some way, I have a lot of great friendships that are like that. It's like, it's like if something happens down the road, I'm all for it, you know, but it's like at the same time, if nothing happens, I know I have this great person in my life for all the right reasons. And we connect in a lot of ways that are just awesome. So I get that. I get that. Do you have any final shout outs that you want to do before we come to a close? <laughs> final shout outs? Like, or what? <laughs> like, any movies that you particularly wanted to add, but then just, just missed your list? Um, I would have added Tipping the Velvet because it's, it's just amazing. It is epic. I will give it that because there are like three, four different chapters or something like that. three chapters yeah it's it's quite long but it's so worth it oh yeah it's so worth watching i mean it's it's definitely one of those if you want to binge watch it you could definitely sit down and do that um Mm -hmm. but definitely take a couple of breaks because there are some very heavy moments (laughs) um i remember like so yeah um that one would be one carol obviously i love dearly i i listen to the soundtrack very often to that too and everything so yeah but there's just there's actually a lot around right now that it, it, I almost feel like I could cherry pick a little bit. But these are the three that I, I feel like were the best ones that I could come up with. And again, because it's a woman's view, it's a woman, it's women doing it, doing amazing things and telling amazing stories. So. Fantastic. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena. Anna joined me today. You can find us on thelesbianreview.com. 
Don't forget to join our Facebook group, the Lesbian Talk Show Chat Group. And there's a link to Patreon if you decide you want to be a patron and, you know, support us and love us and all those fun things. You also get exclusive behind-the-scenes content. That's all for this week. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Hi. Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena, and today I'm joined by the fantastic and fabulous Anna, a reviewer at the Lesbian Talk It's morning for me. It's late for you. We're going to get this right, I'm sure. It's okay. <laughs>